Thanks for checking out today's episode of The Experience Curve, where we explore the personal journeys of accomplished individuals, breaking down the steps they took to get where they are, which I hope just might inspire you on your own path forward. In today's episode, get ready to uncover the secrets behind powerhouse performance coach Whitney Alexandra's journey to success. From overcoming fears and self-doubt to navigating the challenges of entrepreneurship, We'll explore how her unique approach to coaching has not only transformed the lives of her clients, but also positioned her as a leader in the industry. With over two decades of experience and a trail of success stories, she's here to ignite your entrepreneurial spirit and arm you with the tools necessary to transform your passion into a profitable business. Get ready to be motivated, empowered, and armed with the knowledge and confidence to take the leap and build a business and brand that's authentically you. Hey, good afternoon, Whitney. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this uh, podcast with me today. I was really interested when I saw you online and and read about your story and 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 how how we connected briefly. So I'm really excited to jump into this because I think listeners will gain a lot from hearing from you and and sort of the inspiring uh, just path you've taken for others to to learn and um, just learn more about you and and how you've kind of done it all. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. You know, I think often when we look back, it's easy to see how all of the dots connect, but it's not so simple when you're, you know, standing at ground zero to begin with. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's the, the first step for a lot of people listening. And they say, how, you know, how, how does, how did this person get there? Oh, it's easy because they have this and they have that. But it's like, there is a whole backstory, especially in, in your case that, you know, there's a lot of hard work and, 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 you know, dedication and just being driven and passionate about something to put it all together. And for you, it sounds like, or, or, or what I read on your website, that you, you sort of had your quote unquote dream job, right? You know, things were going well in your world. So it really wasn't anything that was, okay, I'm not making enough money or my lifestyle is not where I want it to be. But you sort of had, dare I say, like an epiphany that at a Sephora one day and and sort of spurred this transformation to, to this change in your uh, career path. So could we start there? Maybe you can um, you know, tell listeners like how that all came about. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think when I look back and think about having that dream job, it was, it was all that I kind of knew at the time. And there was that moment where I'm like, oh, wow, there's so much more that's available to me. And what if instead of settling for this life that I've been living, I actually was to get really delusional about what's possible and just make everything, you know, fabulous. And so that was really like, it was inspired by Tom Ford's perfume, which is about being fabulous. And so that was really just the inspiration is going through using that as the lens for every decision in my business with the people that I hire, with the clients that I work with. You know, I wanted them all to feel fabulous and for my life to feel like that as well. So, so what was so, and, and for people listening, the, 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 the it's, is effing fabulous per, for perfume is, is what the brand was called, you know, that, that sort of spurred that moment for you. 
going back to that, you know, you kind of had that realization that you, what's the next step? I mean, are you, okay, I'm just going to quit my job the next day. Did you take some time to kind of mull it over in your head? Did you put a game plan together, a business plan, or was it sort of like, you know what, I'm done. I'm just going to jump out and start this. Yeah. You know, it was interesting because there were so many personal things that were going on in my life at that time. And so I had a house and I was engaged and I was doing all of these things. And then all of a sudden, none of it was there anymore. And so all of a sudden I'm standing in Sephora, like alone without a house to live in, you know, and thankfully, like I, I still had a job. I had lots of friends and family and things like that, but certainly like, you know, not feeling very positive about you know what the future was going to hold for me and i thought you know if it only it was that easy that you could just spray this effing fabulous perfume <laughs> on and feel that good you know and so it was really i moved to mexico right after for a couple of months because it's very cold in canada in the winter <laughs> and so i moved to mexico and i really put together like the plan for what was going to be this next chapter. And so every part of that experience was going to be fabulous, right? The people, the friends that I had, future partners and dates I had, the work and clients and all of that. And so it really was just that moment where you kind of look around and think, okay, let's have a heart to heart with myself and really get myself over to a a new path. So it definitely wasn't overnight. Actually, I think in my circumstance, the job was sort of the last part of it that sort of made that transformation complete. And so it's just been, you know, it's been years of enjoying and just better and better. Right. Oh, that's okay. So you actually leave the country. I mean, you skip the U.S. where we are (laughs) and and headed down there. So that that's obviously a huge right jump in in obviously your setting uh, as well as a mindset shift, I would imagine. Did do you feel like making that move helped you sort of discover more about yourself and kind of put this all together into the, the brand that it is? Yeah, I think, I think you're so right with that because so much of what I talk about is having this dream life and being able to create what you want and do what you want and work from anywhere if that's what you desire. But so much of the coaching that I do working with women entrepreneurs is about exactly what you want. So it doesn't matter if I want to run away to Mexico and Europe every summer. It's more about, you know, what brings you joy. And, you know, for me, I have a lot of clients that are working 20 hours a week or they have different work arrangements because that's exactly what they want. So definitely like uh, leaning in and enjoying Mexico and allowing myself to sort of visualize what this next chapter was going to look like definitely helped bring it that much faster into being. Yeah. I mean, I, I see your Instagram page. It looks like you have a very f- fabulous, you know, <laughs> life. So it looks like, you, you know, you, you choose the people and, and the settings and everything around you that sort of encompass that, that world and that theme, which is, you know, for, for people listening, we'll share your social obviously at the end, but it, it sounds like you, you do have that. But, but when you, when you're going about like, okay, I'm now leaving a job that maybe you work for someone else. And, and now I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to basically coach and, and, and guide others, you know, women to, to sort of emulate, or, you know, like you said, choose the lifestyle that they want, that's going to make them feel the most, you know, fabulous. How do you go about like 
truly establishing that brand identity for someone listening that's like, okay, this sounds cool. Like, you know, I I, I kind of have, you know, maybe not the same exact thing that you're doing, but something in that realm that they're like, okay, but how do I even brand that? How do I get myself out there to people who know me as, you know, working at this corporation, so to speak? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think I had a very different experience in that I was an entrepreneur for 10 years before. Mm. So I had a lot of skills and expertise and things like that. And a lot of the people that I, I went to work for later were some of those clients too. So I had a lot of, I had a good network. And I think so often what people think is, okay, I'm not doing that anymore and I'm doing this. And so let me just forget about all of the great connections and experience and expertise that or tools that I had over here. When, you know, I think I've had now I've had hundreds of entrepreneurs and I've worked with hundreds of leaders in a corporate environment. So it's all the same. And that's what makes me you know, a rock star entrepreneur. And so I really think it's looking at all parts of life and your expertise and bringing all of that to the forefront in this new identity that you form. Yeah, I think a lot of people, the problem, at least, you know, even myself and, and, and friends of mine, sometimes we have a lot of different backgrounds where like maybe you worked in this industry for a little bit then you worked in that one but you don't realize like like you said the power of the network that you already have can help sort of bring a lot of the things together that you might feel lost about in the beginning yeah absolutely network is everything like connections i think people one of the best questions that someone gave me is who do you need to know right? Hey, Joe, mm -hmm. who do you need to know? Who who can help you? Who can I connect you to? And it's sort of that natural reciprocal relationship that, you know, you and I are both are both helping one another get ahead in our business or life or whatever it is we're looking for. And it might be that you need a new graphic designer. It might be, be that I need a, you know, a speech coach or something like that. But it's like that network just continues to grow when you're sort of in service and looking to just continue building relationships. Yeah, and and so you're, so when you're starting, you're you're getting your network together. You're you're I guess you're you're going through maybe your quote unquote database. But are there certain like strategies or maybe approaches to attract your first client uh, that you found really effective? Yeah, I mean. What I love, I love personal reach outs. I love inviting people, maybe not necessarily to a call, but I find that also does work. So I think the key takeaway is probably just knowing how you show up best. If you're someone who shows up best on video or in person, you know, how do you sort of put that in your favor and connect with people like that? For me, I really just wanted to have, you know, okay, if I have one good client that pays sort of the basic bills and I can give them good service and they're around for long enough, then that gives me confidence for 30, 60, 90 days, right? Or maybe longer. And then you just continue to build. I also think there are so many great referral opportunities out there and people do not leverage happy customers, great relationships. We, we hardly ever ask for referrals. And, you know, my business is primarily built all on referrals right now. And so I think that's just, you know, I always encourage people go back to your happy clients and either work with them again or ask them, like, who do you know that I should be working with?
Yeah, it's funny because someone said, maybe I heard it on, on a show or something one time, but your dentist, your optometrist, all these people you go to have no problem asking you for referrals, right? So you get your teeth cleaned. It's like, hey, if you haven't, you know, if you... If you have any referrals, send them my way. So it's almost like entrepreneurs sort of need to turn, put that hat on when they're getting started. I mean, or, you know, throughout their, their journey, it doesn't really matter. You always need referrals to some degree. I agree. Um, so like, you know, if they can do it, why not you? And I, I think when you get people that trust you, you know, they always say no, like, and trust you right in the beginning, it is much easier to have that confidence because you sort of know the service level you can provide, but you also know this person in some capacity. So you already sort of have an advantage of like, okay, I know this, this woman, you know, and, and we, we worked together at this, you know, company before, and you're able to sort of play into past relations with that, you know, person to, to, to sort of guide them along on, you know, whatever the journey is they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. That relationship extends from friend to friend or connection to connection or from company to company. Right. So I think you're exactly right. In your, in your specific business, right? Your approach from like, you go beyond traditional mindset work, but like what role does sort of like the rewiring the, the brain, you know, play in achieving this like lasting success uh, as you're coaching others? I think a huge part, right? Like mindset is, yeah. mindset yeah. is almost everything. Right. And then mm -hmm. there's this little thing called free will in action. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, so often we can find somebody that is stuck. I can help them with their mindset so they believe it's possible. And then, as sort of a last resort, they're like, Ooh, I'm not ready to take action because, you know, what happens is your identity completely changes when you start to believe that new things are possible for you, or you step into that, you know, step from a corporate job into being an entrepreneur, that identity changes. And so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negative thoughts that come with that or negative beliefs that might come with it. And so mindset is such a huge part of it, but it's also about, you know, taking action, which was, is where the performance strategies come in. How do we do this so that you can't stop? All right. And, and do, you, do you find in the beginning, a lot of people have that sort of negative mindset that you're, you're having to start with a lot, or is it, do you feel most people coming to you sort of are, are a little more self-assured about uh, th what they want and that's why they're coming to you? No, I think that most people, first of all, I will say it's hard for people to even believe things are possible for them. Right. So you imagine someone, I have some clients, they've been in business for 10 years. They've never had a month that's bigger than let's call it 20,000. Our first month or two working together, it's their first hundred thousand dollar month. Now they would have called me crazy if I was like, Oh, come and work with me. And this is what we're going to do together. But because they experienced it firsthand, they're like, Oh, Okay. And so it is one of those things where I find it's really hard to get people to just believe it's possible for them to be open to the, to the possibility. And then when they see that, okay, yes, logical, it's very logical. Then there's always some other sort of defense mechanism that comes up as well. So it's not to say that once we map out a great strategy that they are still like green lights. I think the difference is, you know, I am there like on them. <laughs> that is the yeah. difference. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's what people need 
more so than they think, you know, a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people probably that have these businesses that have been running 10, 20 years, they probably feel like, you know, I have it all figured out. I've, I've not had to go get a day job. I've been able to kind of, you know, and then you come in with like, well, you know, why don't we quintuple your income each month or whatever it might be. And they're like, well, wait a minute. I wonder if there's a, a, a part of them that think like, well, if that's possible, I would have already done it. Yes. You know, do you, do you ever feel that? A hundred percent. I get that all the time. It's like, if it was possible for me, but it's like that somehow they think they're this unicorn that it's not possible for them. And, you know, I'm not here to tell everyone what the size of their business should be or how they should run it. That's completely up to every individual, which is why I think like, this is the beauty of it. You tell me what you want and we work together to get it. But so often there will be people who just don't, it's, has never occurred to them that it could be that good or it could be that easy. You know, like I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the women that I'm working with now, we found this part in her process that basically is going to shave off one week of time per project, every, every project she has. So last year she did 12. So this year, if she was to do the same thing and has cut off that savings, that's 12 weeks that sh this woman isn't going to work. Go to Europe, right? Yeah. <laughs> or repurpose or yeah. whatever, or Europe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. And so it is one of those things where I think, especially with women entrepreneurs, we think, gee, I'm working really hard in a corporate career. I'm working really hard in my business right now. And for me to have these same results, I'm going to have to work so much harder. And that's like total fake news, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, so do you find that like when you talk to these people that are sort of established and, and, but they're also coming to you obviously for your, for your expertise, how about when people have families and they say, okay, I want this sort of fabulous lifestyle, but you know, I have two kids or two and one on the way, or, you know, a husband and he's sort of, you know, he can't really travel because his job's here, or maybe he's a service member or something like that, where they can't really move. How do you work with, with those people in that capacity to sort of find a fabulous lifestyle, but not being able to really get up and go or change much about their day to day? Yeah. You know, I think it's a really great question because I think often people think this lifestyle is all about travel, but it's actually all about freedom, right? And so sometimes it's the freedom to like sleep in and not set an alarm on a Monday, right? It's the freedom to pick up your kids or only work part-time and spend the other time with them. And so I think this is where it's beautiful. Everybody's got their own, you know, sort of view of what this dream life looks like, because it could just look totally different. It could also be that this person really values travel and they just find another way of making it happen. Right. Okay. So there are you know, obviously like answers for everyone that's looking to, you know, like you said, it could be someone that's looking to just shave time off their schedule each month, you know, and then you're able to sort of come in and, and help them. So as you're building this business, like were there any stumbling blocks or, you know, challenges that you endured or incurred, you know, trying to put this together as you're getting started, you know, I, I'm assuming did, did, was the first inception, the first client when you were in Mexico or when you came back to Canada? Uh, when I came back. Okay. So like in terms of like, okay, there's, again, maybe your business was like, okay, you know, I'm just picking up clients and it's, it's, it's like nonstop. Or was there ever any a time where you felt, oh man, did I make the right move here? Is this the right, 
you know, choice yeah. that I made, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think those thoughts always cross the mind of an entrepreneur, right? Like, why is this so slow? Shouldn't it be faster? Like, we're always so hard on ourselves when really, like, sometimes you look at the results that you're having and it's amazing. You know, I think for me, there have always been, I've always given myself a lot of grace with the way I work with clients, the clients I take on, making sure that they are like a right fit client. And then sometimes there have been larger clients or corporate clients that I work with, and those contracts naturally come to an end. But those contracts are typically a lot harder to, they, they take a lot more energy to sort of fulfill. And so this is where I think as the entrepreneur, you get to be really reflective on how you want to spend your time. Who exactly do you want to work with? Because you can make money in a million and one different ways, right? So it really is like, would I rather spend this time on the corporate side? Would I rather watch these amazing women entrepreneurs be successful? And right now my answer is that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So have you ever had a situation though, where you've said, okay, this person's coming to me, but it just doesn't feel like a right fit. Yeah. And, and how I do you mean, sort of navigate that? I'm sorry to talk over you. Uh, how, how would you navigate that with them when they're like, Hey, I saw you online. Like, this looks great. You'd seem like you'd be a great yeah. coach. And you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for me, I'm, I'm like Saskatchewan prairie girl at heart. So I think honesty and integrity is our, two of the values that I really lead with. And because so much of my business is referrals, even if I'm turning someone away or giving them another, handing them over to someone else, like they will come back, right? So often I'm either working with them to say, okay, we could do X, Y, and Z together. That would sort of set you up for success, make me feel good about the, you know, giving you some support. And it's still kind of within the price point that they were expecting. Other times someone just isn't the right fit. And then typically I've got someone in my network that I can, you know, in, in make an introduction to. Okay. That's a good, okay. So if it's not you, Hey, I have someone that might be a better fit and yeah. you know, yeah, it really depends on the objective. Yeah. And that can go back to your network, right? Your, your, your network. Now you're sending people, someone to, to someone else and that person sends referrals to you. So keeps, keeps your network strong as well. Yeah, absolutely. So like when you're talking like on your site, I think it was uh, one of the things I read was, you know, helping, you know, some people are building life-changing wealth, but they're doing passion driven work. Right. So like how, how does the average person, and I know every situation is going to be different, right? Because like you said, someone might just want more time with their spouse. So another person might want to spend the summers in, in Mexico, right? Is there like an alignment that, that might be shared with, with most of your clients that they're just trying to sort of, you know, if, if we could all get you in this one area, that's where sort of like the sweet spot is for them. I think as far as being very mission driven, a lot of them, uh, a lot of them support women and mm -hmm. support, you know, women entrepreneurs in different types of ways, whether it's like photography or design or coaching or that kind of thing. There probably isn't one key thing that they all have in common minus, you know, good hearts and wanting to, you know, make a really great impact in the world and using their gift to do just that. Right, right. Yeah. So, so these women that are, again, the, the, the drive for them is, is going to differ depending on the person. But if the person coming to you says, Hey, 
I have this job that I'm, you know, for example, you know, I'm, I'm miserable, but I also want to have this sort of, I'm like feeling like I'm giving enough. Is that sort of like a, an area where people come to you and that you help them with maybe, maybe it's the, just it's sort of a, an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial thing of like gift giving, right. <laughs> In a weird way of saying like people who want to go out there to others and, and share their knowledge with other women in this case to, to help better their lives, right? Like, is there, is there a subsect of, of people maybe on the corporate level that will say, Hey, you know, we have maybe a women's group within this organization that is there to empower the women that just work at the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that is such a strong theme through every group, right? It like women empowering women, women using their power. Like I personally believe every woman has this untapped power in them. So we don't need to receive someone else's. We just need to remember that we have our own and then use it. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. So then when you're, when you're building this company, right. At what point do you say, I need to bring on an assistant or I need to bring on other people to help me because I'm getting too busy at this point, or I don't have the bandwidth to run social channels and this and that, like for someone listening, looking to build, right. Or grow. What, what was that point for you? And, and how did you sort of uh, handle that, that, that growth where, you know, you had to br bring in other people to sort of help you continue to grow so you could focus on what you do best? Yeah. Well, you know, that one was a real trial and error for me. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> like, I think there was a lot of time when I was like, oh, I can do this myself. No, I can't. Yes, I can. No, I can't. Because like you said, even some of those consistent things like social media, it can be difficult to, to make the time every day and have sort of that expertise on top of what you're doing with client delivery, client service, things like that. And so I have hired like specific roles. I had someone who was an amazing executive assistant that I knew through another uh, client. And so as soon as they were able to work for me, I hired them. So it was always like, okay, as soon as Amber is free, Amber is mine. <laughs> you know, back to our earlier conversation, I think it's a lot about, you know, collecting good people and collecting good relationships. And if you've got those good people, you want to continue working with them, whether it's in your business or as a client or supplier or that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that that's where a lot of people, they try to take on as much as they can. And even when they feel like they're overwhelmed, they still continue to do it. But other parts of their business might be suffering as a result because they're trying to be so hands-on with everything. Yeah. Like so often that's definitely an area that I'm working with, that I work with clients on to say, you know, let's, let's free up your time. So what are the tasks that Joe no longer needs to do? What are the tasks that are the lowest value that we could give to an executive assistant, we could give to a marketing person, we could give to whoever. And so we're sort of looking at what's taking up the most time or where we're getting the most value, um, where we could increase the amount of value that you deliver over those hours. So that definitely is like a key part that I would work on, on with people, but it's definitely case by case because everybody's different. Yeah, I think I've heard one time uh, someone mention, does something feel heavy or does something feel light? You know, mm -hmm. so if it feels heavy, it's like that's just time to pass it off to someone. But again, some some entrepreneurs can be, you know, control 
controlling, <laughs> so to yeah. speak, you know, where they just do not want to let go anything. And I feel like people, I know people like myself, you know, you, you name it, that if once you let go of those things, if it, you, you start to realize, okay, I'm more focused. I'm, I'm more intentional about the mm-hmm. tasks that I'm doing. Right. Yeah. So like with people that you work with and, and you coach, do you, is that a sort of a pushback that you get in the beginning with them? Just saying like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Everything's working. I don't want to spend I the never money. Get that. I never oh, get, I'm fine. Everything's working great. Yeah. It's, it's never the starting point. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're there. Usually the starting point is like, I am on the edge of burnout and I need more time and I don't feel like I'm making enough money or if I am making enough money, I'm not enjoying my life right now. Right. That's usually the starting point where we're coming from. It's not like I have this dream life, make it better. <laughs> that, would, that would be my dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, typically we're coming from that place. And so a really easy exercise you can give listeners and anyone can do. I always like to ask people, like, how much money do you want to make? Let's start there. You know, even if it's a hundred thousand or something like that, hundred thousand, how much do you want to work? Let's figure out what your hourly rate is going to be. And then let's work backwards. So when you're spending this time on social media, what is that time worth? Because we could probably outsource that time to somebody else. And, you know, in the, in the story that I told you about one of my clients getting 12 weeks of time back, which is like unheard of, you know, it's huge. What was so awesome about it is she started from this place of no one can do this thing and it would be so hard to find someone who could do this thing for me. And she found someone who has done it better than her, has done it like so much better than her. And so now it's a total no brainer for her to say, of course, I'm going to pay this person to do this small amount because it's not even like it's thousands and thousands of dollars, but like, you know, you're outsourcing it to someone who can do it better, faster, more consistent. And that really is a game changer for her and also for her clients. So I think there's win-win all around. Yeah. I think even as simple as hiring a virtual assistant, right? Uh, A lot of people are like, well, that's just money. That's money I'm going to spend. I'm not, you know, but again, when people do realize like, Hey, you do like, you know, time would be the most valuable thing. I think to most people, (laughs) you know, if you can get that back, that's pays, you know, more than, than a salary would to, to a lot of people, you know? So like, so as your business grew and, and, you know, you became more and more successful and, and took on more clients and, and, you know, individual corporate, um, you were named a member of the Forbes business council, right? Yeah. So that's like, that's huge. Like what, what does that recognition mean to you? And like, how has that, you know, influenced your mission as, as, as being a performance coach? Yeah. You know what? You're right. And that was such a nice surprise. That was like, there is an application process, so it wasn't a total surprise, but it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, you actually have the ability to go and influence what's written, how people respond, you know, making sure that there are enough voices representing women and representing like a different way of navigating business. So that is, you know, for me, such an important achievement and something you know, I put up like loud and proud everywhere I can. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, I mean, any, any sort of accolade, you know, or, or just proof that, you know, what you're doing is, is again, helping others and 
helping people achieve, you know, this lifestyle. So what, what for what's next, like for your company, like where do you see your brand growing from here? Yeah. I mean, I have so many exciting things in the works. I think, you know, I love one-on-one work. So I think I will always do that until it's just not possible anymore. But growing my groups out has been really awesome as well. I have a great mastermind full of women that are, you know, six and seven figures. And then I have a new community that I'm starting next month as well. That will be like more accessible, more performance-based and just helping people get results, but at any price point. Okay. So like for someone listening, how does the mastermind work? Is it you lead these or you have, okay. So like how would a, 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 again, these are private masterminds, but you know, like the, the, the sort of basis of how they would run for someone listening. It's like, okay, this sounds cool. Yeah. So it's 12 months. We're together. It's a very small group, small and intimate group. And it's really like a way that I've managed to take my work and put it on a much more accessible scale for entrepreneurs. So I still work really closely one-on-one with people, but we have group calls a couple of times a month. They We do some hypnotic recordings in there as well. So they've kind of got full access to all of the tools. And we also, I love to plan in 90-day sprints. So we're always focusing in on what's the next 90-day goal. And it's just a really great community where people are you know, energizing and celebrating one another. So it's, it's the community thing that you know, plays a part in everything. I think people from, again, the network to like now these people are coming in probably more on a personal level, I would imagine, than someone you might know on LinkedIn where it's more, you know, business. Oh, how can I help you? I'm looking for a job or a gig or whatever. This is more like now we know, hey, your husband's this or your son is that, right? So you get more of an intimate sort of uh, experience with with other like-minded women, as well as the guidance from you one-on-one and in a group setting. Yeah. You know, what's beautiful about it is you're spending all of this time, you're watching people transform month to month. Right. And so I know even at the end of last year, when we were sort of wrapping up and talking about our wins and celebrating, and it was an opportunity for everyone to reflect back the growth that they had seen in their peers, which was so beautiful. Right. So they're talking about like that one moment when you said this, you know, and those are the types of moments that like, I don't know, they give me chills, but it's really about like witnessing someone else's transformation and them also reflecting the role that you've had in them taking this next step. So would that be, if you had to say the most rewarding thing of, of what you do? Is it seeing that, you know, so hard, it's so hard (laughs) because, you know, in my mind, like the community is so perfect. I love my mastermind so much, but also like, you know, when someone gives me, when someone calls and says like, Hey, I now drop my kids off to hockey and I get to watch them play. And then we have a kitchen dance party and we eat pizza on Friday nights. And I never used to be able to do that before. Like that is like fill your soul rewarding. So good. Yeah. I think seeing, you know, all, all the hard work you're, because I mean, let's not, let's be honest. You're putting in a lot of hard work. You've been building this company. You've been building your brand. You've been putting in all the hours and time behind this to then see it make this effect on other people has to be huge. I would imagine, you know, like see, seeing these people just, you know, achieve what, what they're coming to you for help achieving. 
Yeah. Yeah. Rewarding, super rewarding. So how about like advice for someone that's listening and says like, Hey, I'm sort of hesitant to maybe dream big and go after my goal. Like what, what sort of mindset shift or again, advice would you give them to sort of help them get over that hurdle? Yeah. I mean, it's exactly that it's dream big. Like you are so so much more capable of anything that you can even imagine right now. Right. And it's like, we don't dream big enough and we overestimate the amount of time and we underestimate our ability to actually make things happen. Right. So sure. It's consistency and it's showing up and it's having a great plan, but don't sell yourself short. Right. This is why I love telling people 10 X your dream and you know, see what happens, be delusional for a moment and invite this like goodness to come in. Well, that's a great, yeah. I mean, that's huge right there. Inviting the goodness to come in. I think people do get so just, you know, blindsided by whatever work, life, politics, whatever they're dealing with that it takes the focus away. So I think the, the mindset, like, you know, we, we, we talked about in the beginning is, is, is really fundamental to just overall happiness, just overall you know, it's just an enjoyable life to have by letting, you know, like you said, this happiness in and not letting the negativity guide you. And I think that that's where a lot of people do the opposite, right? They, uh, they, they let the negativity drive them. I mean, it's easy to go through the world and find bad things. Super easy. Turn on the news, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's everywhere. (laughs) it does take some muscle to look for the goodness and to believe good is possible. And this is also why people need like a good network of support. They need good friends. They need people who are cheering them on despite the goal, right? Like even if they think it's the wildest idea, cheer them on anyways. Yeah. People I think need to feel just the encouragement and, and, you know, for, for as many people who say they don't want, uh, they don't care about what others think. I think when it's a positive aspect, there's sometimes nothing better than having that support and and caring that other people do, you know, support you, right? When again, it's like, oh, I don't care what they think. Well, you know, when it's positive, I think sometimes it's, or, or oftentimes that's what, it, that, that is very fundamental to what you, your your overall happiness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone wants to know that they're supported and loved and, and all of that stuff. No, everyone has this belief in life that they are a big weirdo. (laughs) And if people only knew what I was really like on the inside, I would scare them all away and I wouldn't have any friends, right? Like (laughs) we all have the weirdest thoughts that go through our head. And that also is completely normal, right? So I think it's just shining your light and being all of you and the people who are attracted, keep them. And the people who aren't there for that, let them go. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with unfriending people in real life. I read the other day, you know, so if it's something that's negative around you, then, you know, it's not a big deal to let things go just like you would on, you know, social media. It's just, Hey, if they're not good for you. Then there's other people out there. You know, there's a, a whole billion, billions of billions of people that, you know, are there that could be supporters of you than uh, yeah. the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. It's about clearing space and allowing like good things to come. So like for someone that uh, wants to, to, to contact you, get in touch with you, your website, your social, like what's, what's the best place for them to find more about your mastermind, your courses, um, just following you, whatever it might be. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm always hanging out on Instagram. So come say hello, send me a message on there. I'd love to connect. And then my website has lots of resources on there too. I'll put them in the show notes, obviously, for people who want to, you know, check out all that you have going on. I appreciate you taking the time today to sort of, you know, break this down for a lot of people because I think your business has is very exciting. It's cool. I think the what you've done establishing this brand is very inspirational to a lot of people. And the work that you're doing for women is again, you know, thankless. You know, you can't put a price on that. So I can't wait to see, you know, how this continues to grow. So, uh, but thank you for uh, your time today and for sharing your story with the audience and uh, with me. And, and it's been great to get to know you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Okay, everyone, check out Whitney's uh, website. I'll put it in the liner notes. And uh, thanks again for your time, Whitney. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Experience Curve. Please take the time to share this podcast with a friend or colleague to help get the word out about my show.